This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best, the best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. September 10th, and we are kicking off our season. Welcome. The Bill Michaels Huddle is on the air. The Green Bay Packers just wrapped up a training camp. Unlike anything experienced in recent history, the Packers are going to begin the regular season this Sunday at Minnesota. They open up at Minnesota for the first time in team history, marking the third straight year that Green Bay is going to face a divisional foe in week one, which hasn't happened since 1996 through 1998 when the Packers were in the NFC Central. Welcome to the program. I'm Bill Michaels, and uh, we are doing it virtually. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network, and by Bud Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com for all the flavors. So I uh, did some Facebook Live a little bit earlier today, previewing the program. Uh, joining me now uh, from their palatial estates, uh, Lily Zhao, Fox 6 is here. Lily, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? And I have a definitely have a very palatial estate over here. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Kevin Holden from CBS 58 is along for the ride tonight as well. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing well, but I, my estate is anything but palatial. It's covered in old baseball cards and candy bar wrappers. I figured that's the way you would build it. Uh, just keep stacking those up like good cardboard, and eventually uh, you'll have yourself a home. Although on rainy days like this, I'm sure it comes crashing down. Uh, let's do this. We'll get into this uh, this really weird non-preseason that the Green Bay Packers had. And, Kevin, uh, let me start with you. So give me your sense, uh, if any, uh, of expectation regarding this team. Now, we always know this team is always Super Bowl or bust, get to the postseason, all that kind of stuff. But realistically, for what they did in the offseason, the way camp has kind of shaped up, obviously a couple of injuries, give me your kind of expectation going into this season. I, I got to tell you, I don't know if a lack of a preseason changed that much in terms of my overall expectation. I will say that I have a lot less knowledge floating around in my head about guys that didn't make the 53-man roster. Because as you know, 
we do these uh, preseason games on Telemundo, Wisconsin, these Spanish broadcasts of preseason games. So usually by the 1st of September, I've got like mounds of information about Lindsey Pipkins and Equinemius, uh, not Equinemius, but uh, Miles White, uh, Joel Buano, these guys that, that don't make the roster. And I did, that's the one thing about the preseason that was weird because we had no preseason games. I, I didn't really get that depth of information about those guys underneath the, you know, the, the, the bottom of the 53-man roster. But you take that out of the mix, and I don't know if I feel that much different about this team than I felt about it after the draft. I think the, the direction was kind of determined when uh, Brian Gutekunst in the draft decided not to address receiver, decided to sort of change the way this offense looks in a more general sense. You know, there's a little more of the A.J. Dillon. There's a little more of the, uh, you know, the idea that they'll run a little bit more like the 49ers did and the, and the success that the Niners had. To me, it's not that much different. I am excited to see how a better running game helps Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career. I think that's going to be a huge help. I also think this defense – uh, was fine last year and will continue to be fine and fun to watch this year. But yeah, I mean, I think if you asked me how how my expectations were in April versus today, they're exactly the same. I think it's a good football team. Lily, what are your expectations and thoughts coming into this season without a preseason? Well, you know, their team coming off the 13-3 and season almost kind of made the Super Bowl there. And Rodgers would, would say during a Zoom that he still thinks his team is flying under the radar, which I think they like because of just all the other off-season talk, you know, not related to the Packers and Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and all that. But, you know, I do kind of agree with Kevin, though. I don't really think a preseason would have changed much. But what I'm intrigued to see, though, is really how this team gets started. Because if you look at the first half of their season, it's pretty daunting. I mean, I know Minnesota is what we're going to be talking about today. But then after the Lions, you have Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, and then two weeks later, you have the 49ers. So it's can they get out of the first half of the season with a winning record? I think that's going to be very important moving obviously towards the end of the season to see how this team does. But, you know, I do think a 13 and three repeat is going to be tough to do just for any team in general, but I do feel like the Packers are much improved obviously under year two of Matt LaFleur's system. You know, I, I, I'm just going to look at the first eight games to see how they do, but you know, I don't think my, my expectations have changed at all either. Hey, Kevin, uh, with the familiarity, by not changing the roster drastically, many outside analysts seem to think that the Packers are going to have an edge because you're not teaching a ton of guys new stuff. You're teaching the same guys the same thing, and now you're expounding upon it in year two of the offense and year three of Mike Pettin's defense. Do the Packers have an edge as opposed to, say, that young secondary that's going on in Minnesota or some of the guys that they tried to add because they lost to Fon Diggs, they lost to Neil Hunter because they're trying to get guys up to speed now where the Packers may have that familiarity edge? Yeah, I think continuity right now in the year 2020, continuity of any sort whatsoever is a huge advantage for a team. And the Packers, because they have brought back so many pieces from last year's team, I think they already start with a leg up. They, they, they're able to get a, a little bit deeper and into things. And, and if, you, if you've spent a year together and you've gone through the different battles and ups and downs and expectations of your coaching staff and the playbook and all of this, uh, and you've already done that, and you don't have to begin there to start this very weird 2020 season, I think it's it's better. I think you can dig a little deeper. I think you can, uh, you know, be farther along. You uh, Your practice time changes. The things you work on in practice can change. Uh, and I think this will be, for me, 
one of the few years in recent memory where I feel really good about the Packers out of the gate, because if there's been a criticism and this goes back a ways, this goes back to the Mike McCarthy era, but there was a criticism that this team would start slow in the first quarter of the season, the first three or four games, they didn't seem to match expectation. I think they could this time because I, for one, they've been together. The group has been together. They've, uh, they've worked together. And the other thing is, you know, you, you set aside Billy Turner, who's a little bit of a, a little bit of a question mark here from an injury standpoint. And this team is, I think, you know, for week one, I think they are, they're in pretty good shape. So the, the staff, the people that you've put in these positions are going to be able to play in these positions in the first few weeks. If they can maintain that health, I think this first quarter of the season will be one of their better ones in a while. Lily, if you're going to go with, and he had mentioned it, uh, the offensive line is one of the one of the concerns. How, I guess, how concerned are you? Not necessarily in say starters, but the fact that I really believe that you you almost have to hope and pray that David Bakhtiari doesn't go down because I really don't think you have a legit left tackle that's sitting on this team right now. Yeah, and that was kind of a concern because, I mean, they let go of Alex Slide, a couple other guys as well, but you kind of have to wonder if David Bakhtiari goes down, who do you shuffle out to tackle on the left, especially if the right side of that line is still kind of, you know, undetermined at this point. But you're kind of hoping that, you know, Billy Turner coming out, I know he was back at practice, which was a good sign. You know, you're hoping that he can kind of steady that right side of the line along with Ricky Wagner and obviously Lane Taylor. But I guess the concern is it's correct. I mean, the left side of the line is a strength for this team, but I feel like, when the dominoes fall, if a Bakhtiari gets hurt, if an Elton Jenkins gets hurt, it's who can you really put on that left side? I know a lot of guys have versatility along the line, but you know, you don't want to see that happen because who are you going to play in that spot? And you know, that's one of the concerns, I guess, but we're going to remain optimistic and say that things are going to be okay kind of moving forward. And I'm intrigued to see kind of, you know, how that right side of the line looks on Sunday. So, Kevin, let me start with you before we go to break. Um, with this team standing the way it is and some question marks that are still out there, uh, I know the proof is going to be in the pudding, but do you think Brian Gutekinds did enough in the offseason to take care of some of the true, you know, what we call eyeball test weaknesses? I think I would feel a lot better about it if – Devin Funches was listed as that WR2. I mean, I think he he made an effort in that direction. And I know some fans wanted them to address the receiver position in a more forceful way, maybe to bring a couple of bodies in who could do something. But, you know, I look at the way this, this sets up in the depth chart, especially in that backfield, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and we'll see what this, this kid, A.J. Dillon, can do. Uh, and you know what Devontae Adams is capable of. I think Alan Lazard is a guy who can contribute to a winning football team. I just really like Alan Lazard as a third option in a passing game or a fourth option in a passing game and not a second one. So it's if there's any question for me, it has to do with pass catchers, you know, past Devontae Adams. But again, if Funches, you know, who opted out of this season, if he's on this depth chart, I feel better about it. I also, from a tight end standpoint, uh, you know, you've got a combination of Mercedes Lewis, who at this point is, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, much, much more of a blocker than he will be a pass catcher as a tight end. So you'll have some questions about whether tight end is going to actually help you move the ball as opposed to just blocking. But uh, I, outside of that, I feel like the rest of what was here got addressed pretty well. The defense lost Blake Martinez in the middle. They've added Christian Kirksey. Uh, the secondary looks uh, as good as they have in a while just because you have talented bodies with more experience and it's not just that rotation that we had year after year 
uh, you know, in those last years of Dom Capers. So, I, yes, I think Brian Gutekunst handled this pretty well uh, and just had a couple of bad things not go his way. But, uh, but this team is set up, I think, pretty well, both sides. The last time these two teams met uh, on, a, on an opener, it was Monday Night Football at Lambeau Field. It was week one, 2008. We're going to go ahead and step away, take a quick break, talk a lot about the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings. Week one of the NFL season coming up later on tonight, Kansas City and the Texans are going to get underway. And we're also, when we come back, talk about three storylines to watch. What are yours? We'll discuss. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good go to budlight.com more coming up right after this 16 stations strong the bill michaels sports talk network definitely an exciting time to start the season off about our squad you know i think the beauty is that there's a lot of conversation about other teams you know whether it's tom and tampa one of the teams that were really solid last year with you know New Orleans and San Francisco, Seattle and Philadelphia and Dallas with Mike and I like where we're at as far as kind of flying under the radar. Um, even though we went 13 and three last year, we got a chance to you know to prove uh, what kind of team we are starting the season out uh, on Sunday, and I look forward to the opportunity. Aaron Rodgers, and in 23 games as the starter against the Vikings, including the playoffs, he has completed 497 of 734. That's 67.7%. 5,732 yards, 44 touchdowns, 7 picks with a passer rating of 107.1, and his passer rating is the highest of any opposing quarterback against Minnesota. Uh, according to ProFootballReference.com. So uh, Aaron Rodgers has had a lot of success against the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Bill Michaels. Welcome back. The Bill Michaels Huddle continues. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. You've got different flavors now, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry. Go to BudLight.com. Joining me, Kevin Holden from CBS 58, Lily Zhao from Fox 6. And, Lily, I'll start with you this time. The three storylines that are the most intriguing to you to watch as this season unfolds for the Packers. Ooh, that's a great question. You know what? I, I think the first one will be, how does Aaron Rodgers do? I know it's a very generic one because we want to see how he does every single year. But again, with the off-season talk with Jordan Love, you know, how long is Rodgers going to be in town? Does he have a chip on his shoulder? All that kind of thing. You know, I feel like he has had a very sharp training camp. So does that translate to 4,000-plus passing yards? I'm not sure because, again, they want to run the football a lot. But – is this another Aaron Rodgers year where he gets the MVP? You know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how he is going to do, especially right out of the gates, because, you know, we all saw that first game last year in their opener. It was just, you know, they needed time to adapt to this offense. But after a year, can they get, can they score a lot of points that first game? So I, I think I'm going to be curious to see how Aaron Rodgers does. You know, I do want to see if the run defense will be better. Can they be better just stopping the run in general? Because like we all know, they got gashed to end the season last year and they're not really they didn't really add that many pieces aside from Christian Kirksey up there in the middle so I want to see how their run defense does and also like Kevin brought up earlier I want to see how that running back group does because you know we we've seen what Aaron Jones can do he said he's coming into the season with a chip on his shoulder despite you know tying the league lead for 19 touchdowns last year so what more can he do in the passing game Jamal Williams as well AJ Dillon how can they get him involved maybe as a downhill runner 
maybe in the passing game. So those are kind of the three storylines I would, you know, I want to see how those unfold the first half of the year. Kevin, uh, your top three storylines coming into this one. Top three storylines. I think, first of all, uh, we're, I think we're going to start the year with sort of a repeat of this whole Rogers LaFleur relationship. Uh, not that it's, it's, I don't think there's any tension. I don't think there's any issue whatsoever, but it is clear now that uh, the direction has shifted. The Packers have drafted Jordan Love and they've changed the face of how the offense is going to operate. This is much more Matt LaFleur's uh, team with his imprint on it than it was in the first year. And th- there'll be a, a question to me as to, uh, you will be watching Aaron Rodgers and what he does. I mean, he's, he's at that level where he's going to be a great player no matter what. But, but Wisconsin has been watching for years to see how he reacts to the things that go on on the field. And I think that's, that's a repeat. That's going to be uh, storyline number one. Two, uh, if, if we are going in a, a completely, well, I'll say completely, but a new direction uh, offensively, if we're, you know, there's so much more uh, depending on the, the stable of running backs and a little bit less of just depending on Rodgers to bail out, then your offensive line, has to play a different role. And uh, you have names along here that that obviously fans have known that have been around a long time, the Bakhtiaris, the Corey Lindsleys, the Lane Taylors. Uh, they, that group is going to be an interesting group. And you mentioned this earlier where the depth is a bit of an issue there. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't replace a Bakhtiari if he goes down. If Corey Lindsley goes down, that's a major issue. So health in the offensive line is probably number two. Uh, number three for me, the thing that I don't know if this Packers team has had since Charles Woodson is a secondary that can can really take over a game or decide a game late. The, the, the game that I always go back to is the first playoff win on the way to the Super Bowl. It was a win at Philadelphia. There was a ball in the end zone that Tremont Williams intercepted, and that helped put the Packers on their way, sent them to Atlanta, and the momentum was underway. And the secondary, at the end of the day, was what made the difference in that game. There are enough bodies in that secondary this year that I wonder if maybe they'll be the difference maker. You know, we talk about the Smith brothers. They'll obviously be great. I think there's good pressure coming up front. Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. I think the secondary's time is now, and that's storyline three. If they become dominant, this team becomes much better. I uh, am looking at three different storylines, and uh, one is the wide receiver position because that was the one that we talked about coming into the postseason as to what they were going to do to upgrade that. We know Alan Lazard. We know Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Both have had pretty good camps. Can that now translate into the trust that Aaron Rodgers needs in those guys? My second is middle linebacker. I Look, Christian Kirksey has come into this season as a guy that's been banged up throughout his career. You hope he returns to form from a few years ago. He stays healthy because then he can really fortify the middle. But if not, boy, you're relying on Ty Summers and Oren Burks. And you don't have a lot of depth at that middle linebacking position. You can bring safeties up and you can move guys around. But, man, oh, man, if you don't have anybody to really fill the gaps behind a guy uh, like Kenny Clark up front, you could be in trouble, which leads me to number three. My number three is a defensive line. You have Kenny Clark and then guys. 
you have uh, and when I was down at Super Bowl and we sat down with every analyst they said the same thing they've got nothing against these guys nothing against Tyler Lancaster nothing against Dean Lowry but you've got guys you've got guys that work hard but they don't really do anything that stands out and shines continuously Kenny Clark can take a double team even at times a triple team and allow gaps but other guys around him have to take advantage of those gaps and then obviously that leads us into Montrevious Adams and his banged up preseason and the fact that this is it for him otherwise you can consider the third round draft choice a bust you're looking at Rashawn Gary can he really be a factor I know Zadarius Smith was singing his praises today but to me I'm looking at trenches I know you guys talked about the offensive line but the defense was the problem the defense was giving up run yards the defense while they got to the quarterback uh, they couldn't sustain over the middle at times. So my three storylines are the wide receiver, the middle linebacker, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with the D-line. I Look, we talk about Aaron Rodgers all the time. I don't think there's any shocking storyline to this. The one thing that nobody mentions because he doesn't mention it, he had a breakup in the offseason. You know, it went from a $25 million Malibu home to all of a sudden he's got a breakup and he's feeling great and he's joyous and this is the most relaxed he's been in a long time and guys are saying he's more fun than he's having. I I don't know if it correlates. I don't know if it goes hand in hand, but nobody's really talked about that. But Aaron Rodgers is a guy that, you know, we've discussed almost ad nauseum, the relationship between him and Matt LaFleur. I just expect big things from Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think we should lower our expectations just because they're going to run the ball more. The running game, A.J. Dillon, the guy's a beast. We know what Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones can do if they can expound upon last year. They're going to be solid. Those are my three, and I don't know if you guys would differ. Lily, I can ask you first, but is there anything there that I've mentioned that you would go, you know what, let me expound upon that? You know what, you know, I think you mentioned, I think we all mentioned basically all, this, all the storylines that there could potentially be, but you know what, I, I really want to keep an eye on the wide receiver group because, you know, I know Kevin, you love Alan Lazard, I love him too. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how Marquez Valdez-Scantling does because Devontae Adams said just yesterday that this is the best he's looked ever. And that's a big compliment from wide receiver number one. So my thing is, you know, can this offense continue to take deep shots down the field, but can most importantly, can they convert those deep shots? Because we saw last year, you know, they would take the chances, but not a lot of them were completed. And we know Marquez had that big one to start the year and he kind of just dipped off. So, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see how he does and how his body of work really improves this season as we try to find that number two behind Devontae Adams. And, you know, I'm hoping some of these youngsters step up as well, but for the Packers to really be an elite offense when say an Aaron Jones is not on the field, it's can they get that passing game at an elite level that we haven't seen the last couple of years. I'm intrigued to see what that looks like. Kevin, it also uh, would depend on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to take what defenses give him. I know that there was a little, uh, I want to say at the beginning of the season, maybe contentiousness or a little back and forth between the head coach, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, because Rodgers looks for his guy and Matt LaFleur just says, throw the damn ball. So if you're taking at times what the defense gives you, chances are it gets guys earlier into a rhythm and gives guys a little more confidence if he's going to hit them with a couple of quick outs and get those guys involved early. I think it'll be an interesting test right off the top. Honestly, you couldn't set this up any better for the 2020 Packers to be tested than to be tested on the road, a division game against that Minnesota defense. Even with Daniel Hunter on IR, they are still uh, at uh, at least two levels and maybe at all three levels of the defense, a very tough test for Rodgers. So I, I like this because 
that guy that you're talking about, the guy that's going to try to establish that confidence early on, has to start doing this in the first game of the year against an elite-level defense in a road stadium. And remember that it's different because of no fans. This is one of the few times when no fans, to me, actually plays into the equation because the Aaron Rodgers that we've known has gone into a place like Minnesota with loud fans and driven down the field, hit those first couple of completions, and taken the crowd out of it. Now you're going to have a dude sitting in a press box that's going to control that artificial noise. So he doesn't have to turn that noise down. Like the, there, there won't be any taking that guy out of the game. That, that noise level will stay up. It's going to be a different kind of test for Rodgers. So if you see something positive from him, like even beyond what you would expect from him in that first week, I think it translates. I think it rolls right into the home opener against Detroit. It probably rolls into New Orleans in this wonderful battle with Drew Brees and uh, prime time in week three and on to the Monday night game in week four against the Falcons. I Honestly, I think this the, the way it sets up for Rodgers, that first test could spell the first, at least the first quarter of the season, maybe more. Matt LaFleur, 13-3, and finished with the most NFL wins by a Packers head coach in his first season. We'll talk about what needs to happen this coming season for him to do just as well. And can the Packers do something almost exactly the same way they did it last year? But unfortunately, it's not really up to them. We'll discuss when we come back. This is the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Four different flavors, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry. Go to BudLight.com to see what it's all about. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Anytime you've got some new players, it's, it's tough to really know what to expect. But uh, certainly we've got a lot of familiarity with the cover schemes and Coach Zimmer's defense now. Just like we talked to our guys about, everybody evolves in the offseason. So I'm sure there's going to be new wrinkles or unscouted looks that we've got to be prepared for and be able to handle. Green Bay Packers have won 10 of their past 13 kickoff weekend games dating back to 2007. The Packers have won five consecutive week on, week, uh, kickoff weekend games, tying with only Kansas City for the longest active streak in the NFL. Minnesota has won four consecutive kickoff weekend games. Welcome back to the Bill Michael Settle, brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. It's brewed with a, a unique five-step filtration process that ensures a cleaner finish and no lingering aftertaste. Those are the words from Matt LaFleur just moments ago. And uh, looking at this Minnesota defense, ranked fifth overall by Pro Football Focus uh, from last year coming into this season. So as we talk about the offense, the one thing that we kind of touched on a little earlier, and it's something that really uh, may be out of the Packers' hands, guys, uh, we're joined by Lily Zhao from Fox 6 and Kevin Holt from CBS 58. Can the Packers do exactly what they did last year, and that is be one of the healthiest teams in football? And it's really not up to them. Lily, I'll start with you. What is the likelihood that the Packers are able to repeat the health that they had last year? You know, you kind of hope that they really do, and we'll we'll see really how the season rolls around. But they were extremely lucky last year because I know, like, we've covered the past previous years where it just was every week two, three guys were getting dinged up. But they were so fortunate last year to have stayed as healthy as they did all the way up until the NFC title game. And, you know, I'm optimistic that, you know, that trend is going to continue this season for the Packers. I know they're doing things differently in terms of, 
you know, how they practice and all that with, with, uh, with COVID. And so you're kind of hoping that that trend does look upwards for this team. And, you know, we were kind of fortunate at this camp that, you know, still knock on wood that, you know, no one was seriously injured. I know Montrevious Adams was out for a good portion of training camp, but, you know, kind of aside from that, some guys have gotten surgeries and I know, you know, Kamal Martin is on IR as well, but outside of that, no really big key pieces have been injured. And that's great news for this Packers team. Kevin, one of the terms that Lily used was lucky. And that's what I said. Sometimes it's really not up to you. It's up to, you know, maybe the way a a guy falls, whether it's backwards or forwards or to the side or hits you in the back of the knee or the front of the knee or the side of the knee. And, and it's sometimes it's, it's your health and conditioning and other times it's just dumb luck. And that's why last year is so painful because if you don't take advantage of the dumb luck, sometimes you don't get that dumb luck again for a long, long time. It's a real roll of the dice, and and the Packers came up on the the good end of that roll of the dice last year. It'd be wonderful if they did it again, and I I think there's another factor too, which is who gets hurt, because people will get hurt, but who gets hurt, how badly, and where on the field or on the depth chart uh, these people fall, because there are a couple of key guys that would really change the way you would would run things, offense and defense, if, if you had an injury. I mean, if one of the Smiths went down, Every it's all out of balance. Then it's a completely different animal. If you if you lose a Darius Smith and you're sliding a Rashawn Gary into that role, that's it's a different world. And and so that's that's one of the things is if you can just stay away from those injuries. And like you said, you you can do as much as you want in terms of how you alter practices or, or what other parts of the of the game you do. And then sometimes it's just dumb luck. And then there's an extra factor in this year because of COVID. And to this point. I think we've been really fortunate, uh, the, the team and the league in general, that uh, that has not become a major deal. You've seen it hit in in baseball, which is the other sport that has traveling teams right now, uh, where cases have gone from one or two to 18 or 20 in a team, and it's altered weeks of a schedule. To this point, we haven't seen it. Of course, we haven't seen a, a game yet. The Packers haven't had to leave Green Bay. So there's the other half. You hope for luck and injuries, but you also hope for for good fortune in avoiding any kind of uh, ill effects from COVID. The Packers had 28 play, players appear in all 16 games during the season last year. That was the most by any NFL team. And for the Green Bay Packers, that tied the, tied the top mark posted by the team uh, over 20 seasons ago. So, I mean, it's it's been a long time since they've been that healthy. That's why last year losing the NFC Championship game hurt so much. And, and Lily, this was a team that also, they averaged 31.28 seconds during uh, time of possession, 31 minutes, 28 seconds last year, which was the best by the Packers since 2000, oddly enough, and 10 when they ended up winning a Super Bowl. The run game, are we going to see more of that again this year? Do you think they're going to end up, or maybe even taking that higher, because they're going to run the ball so much more because because they've got really kind of a three-headed monster. You know, I think they really do. And that's, again, what I'm excited to see because we saw just that first year what they were able to do with the ground game. And then, you know, a lot I know a lot of people under the Mike McCarthy era were always, they were saying, you know, unleash Aaron Jones. And that's what happened last year, coming off his first 1,000-yard season, 19 total touchdowns. I'm optimistic to say that, you know, I think the ground game is going to be a huge part of this offense. And I know you know, that's kind of where they want this offense to trend is to have those backs thoroughly involved. Um, so, you know, I do think it will trend that direction as well. And, you know, having the ground game really be a strength for this team has kind of been something that, you know, they were they were lacking. They needed balance. And I know for a long time it was with the passing game, and that's just how the offense 
was run under Mike McCarthy. But now we're kind of seeing this new era of, you know, the Matt LaFleur offense with the ground game just being heavily involved. And, you know, while we may, you know, I want to see Rodgers over 4,000 plus yards. Will it happen this season? I'm not sure. But, you know, I do think that ground game will be a huge, huge part, especially early on in this game or on Sunday against the Vikings. Kevin, I'm going to go back. Week 16, the Packers held the Minnesota Vikings to only seven first downs. That was the fewest by the Vikings at home since 1971. It was also the first time the Packers had allowed 140 or fewer yards and seven or fewer first downs in a game since Tampa Bay back on December 21st of 2014. I mean, they figured the Vikings out, and they really, really stymied their quarterback play. Do you think that with a healthy team, and you had said it, finding this team for the first game of the season, a healthy secondary, a healthy middle linebacking core, do you think think that they go out and, and, and are able just to get this one the way a lot of Vikings fans tend to feel and just put it away early? Yeah, you can, you can do that if you're the Packers because you have a, you have a different approach than you have in previous years. I mean, the, the, this game against the Vikings, that uh, Week 16 game in 2019, was a 23 to 10 victory, and that was a Vikings team that was very confident in their own offense, and they got stopped because the Packers, you know, defense took care of business. And now you have this combination where there's a defense with enough strength to hold a team down early, and an offense with enough of a ground game to maintain once the lead gets there. Now, September in Minnesota is not December in Green Bay. They're not going to be facing, you know, zero-degree temperatures or any other weird extremes like that. But the the principles of it remain the same. The Packers can, can take over a game and win a game differently in the last couple of years than they have in the, in the many years before. I mean, we, we spent the good chunk of the decade of the teens, the 2010 to 2019, a good part of that, Packers fans would would see their team down by 10 or 14 or 17 and then Aaron Rodgers would just, you know, wind up and and let it loose and and they'd come back and win it. They don't have to do that now. Even against a good team like the Vikings, if the Packers get momentum early, I feel better than ever about their chances to to pull off that road win in week 1. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back talking to uh, Lily Zow of Fox 6, Kevin Holden from CBS 58. Also, in Minnesota, there's a daunting statistic. In a close game, we'll tell you who it favors when we come back. The Bill Michael Suttle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. We'll be back right after this. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. When all comes down to stopping the run, having a good run defense is just attitude. All guys are willing to stay in their gap, uh, make sure they're responsible for for, for holding their gap. And um, like I said, just attitude. All guys just wanting to stop the run. I think that's there's no secret formula to it. And I think the guys are fully invested into uh, understanding, you know, teams are going to try to run the ball. And um, it's our job to stop them. Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you on board. The Green Bay Packers heading over to Minnesota for week one during the kickoff weekend. The Bill Michael Suttle continues on, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. And uh, last year, the Green Bay Packers tied for number one in the NFL in winning percentage in games decided by three points or less. So the fact that they could hang on to the football, the fact that they had uh, one of the best sack ratings in all the NFL, and the fact that they were winning games late and they were winning games in come-from-behind fashion. They were also winning games that were close. A lot of this uh, continued with continuity 
seems to bode well for the Green Bay Packers. Lily Zal from Fox 6 alongside and Kevin Holden from CBS 58 here as well. Kevin, this time I'll start with you. And uh, the fact that the Packers won close games, they held onto the football. Do we see a metamorphosis, even though it looked a lot like at times, like the old Mike McCarthy offense, when you start to put all these stats together and you start to analyze this team the way I've been doing over the last 48 hours, this is really that you're starting to see the thumbprint of Matt LaFleur and what this team is supposed to be all about, aren't you? That's that's the truth. And I think if you if you want to see something that's in place right now that will resemble what the Packers will be when it's fully LaFleur's team, when that when that imprint is completely there, uh, I think the Niners are a pretty good comparison. Now, there's a little difference in my mind between uh, Garoppolo and Rodgers. I mean, say what you will about Jimmy Garoppolo, but Aaron Rodgers is the superior player even now at this advanced part of his career. So they, the Packers do have that advantage. But what the 49ers were able to do in the two matchups against the Packers, I think were, I think Matt LaFleur and the coaches got in the film room after and said, I wouldn't mind it if we looked like that on offense. And And they're starting to build a team that does look like that on offense. Yeah, so there's you know, not the same sort of depth at receiver, you know, long gone are the, you know, Greg Jennings and James Jones and Donald Driver and Jordy Nelson and Jermichael Finley, the, you know, the, the era of six elite or really good options on uh, in the receiving core that's not there this year. But what you do have is the ability to run with a variety of different guys. Aaron Jones, who was just stellar last year and, and has every reason to be the same this year. Jamal Williams, who can play a good role. A.J. Dillon, who'll be a rookie, but can also... I think step in and play a good role as well. This is the beginning of what Matt LaFleur wants to do with his offense. It's weird because there's a little de-emphasis almost on Aaron Rodgers. But to me, at this stage of his career, it actually helps because if he doesn't have 100% of the defense focused on him 100% of the time, I think he can extend his career and extend his ability to, to make good plays over these next few years. Lily, going back and looking at all of the close games the Packers won last year, four of the top five teams that won close games consistently went to the postseason. The Packers were tied for second with Houston. Uh, Seattle was the number one team. New Orleans and Oakland were the other two. And the fact that there is continuity, talk to me about this team and the fact that these guys have been there, done that, under Matt LaFleur. They didn't crumble. They won those games. And in addition to that, uh, many teams have had uh, quite a bit of turnover, and we talked about this. The Packers have not. So expound upon what Kevin said and the fact that this team's got that metal-tested, so to speak, toughness, don't they? They sure do. And that was, you know, I, watching a couple teams from the past, it was something that was missing. It was like, a, you know, we saw those teams that, those Packers squads that would kind of fold, you know, late in the game. They weren't able to come out on top. And, you know, no matter what the score was, if it was, you know, they were within three, seven, whatever, this team just found a way to win. And that really was the motto last year. It was, you know, I remember Rogers saying, you know, we're, we're winning ugly, but we'd rather win than lose, you know? And, and it was just, the team found just ways to win, whether it was defense just forcing, a, you know, last a fourth quarter interception or whatnot, or just getting that last fumble or just doing, just making the stop at the end, that goal line stand again against Christian McCaffrey and that Panthers game, they just found ways to win. And that honestly is, you know, a good sign and a marquee sign of a good football team. And that was under for the first year of Matt LaFleur. And now, now that we have basically a lot of the same pieces back, you have to imagine that these guys won't really be sweating it out in the fourth quarter. If it's say a 16, 13 ball game and they're trailing, 
And that's a really good trait to have, especially now, you know, you don't have any sort of preseason work. You're just going to jump into the season and just having that metal tested is going to be a huge advantage, I think, for this team, because a lot of teams around the league have had, you know, a big turnover in terms of offense, defense, whatnot. But this team is consistent and they found ways to win. And I do believe that that's going to be a huge key for them moving forward in the season when they're facing some really, really good teams. Kevin, over and under, uh, give me your thoughts. Zedarius and Preston Smith, 25 and a half sacks last year. They really found a way to get it done, and that was with Zedarius Smith going down numerous times in numerous ball games. Do they repeat that level of excellence they had last season? That's a lofty number, isn't it? That is. <laughs> Those two, that's a, it's a big, big number. I, I don't. Even if they don't repeat it, I think they come close to repeating it. And, and maybe more importantly is if instead of 25 and a half, it's 22, uh, they still are going to be these pieces on either end there in the linebacking core that, that will cause just havoc for, for opposing offenses. I think, I think they could be at 22 and still be huge difference makers, and they can make the guys around them better because it, as teams will scheme – you know, to, to, to try not to get stopped by them. They'll, they'll have other options uh, that Packers will on the defensive side. I mean, a Christian Kirksey uh, or even an Oren Burks, I suppose, could benefit from that inside as, as the teams try to go away from the Smiths. So they will I, – I think they'll be great. I just don't – 25 and a half is – that's a huge, huge number. I, I don't – if I'm a betting man, I'd probably bet the under, but I don't want that to sound like a – it's not a vote of confidence because I think both players are going to be terrific again. Lily, I'll go to the offensive side. Aaron Jones last year, 16 rushing touchdowns, 19 total touchdowns. He was tied for first. Does he repeat that this year, or do we see that number go down or go up? You know what? I I still think he's going to have another 1,000-yard season, but whether or not we see that translate into – 15 plus touchdowns I'm not sure just because again I know Matt LaFleur is going to want to spread the wealth especially in the ground game I know Jamal Williams really held up his end as well um, but you know Aaron Jones has said he he wants to make an impact however he can and so I don't think he's deep down going to be mad if he's not going to get 19 touchdowns which I know he's going to want to do again this year as obviously um, but you know I, I do feel like it's going to be hard to get 19 again, but I'm never going to doubt Aaron Jones because, hey, it might happen. I, I just feel like with the amount of guys that they want to give carries to, um, it, it might be a lot more spread out this year. Because, again, we have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, we have A.J. Dillon, we'll see how they get him involved. And also Tyler Irvin, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they use him as well. And he was just so speedy for this team. So maybe they get him a couple touches down there. So. You know, while I don't think the touchdown number is going to be as high, I still do think that Jones is going to be a focal point. I still do think he's going to get another 1,000-yard season this year. There you go. We'll be back. we got more of the Bill Michaels Huddle. Another hour yet to go right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers... The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis. The best interviews. The best coverage. And no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. (laughs) 
It's going to be the Packers and the Vikings coming up on Sunday at noon, U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings offense keeping a similar look in 2020, returning 9 of 11 starters from an offense that ranked 6th in rushing and 8th in scoring. And Gary Kubiak, who served as the team's assistant head coach and offensive advisor, will now be the offensive coordinator calling plays in Week 1. And for the first time since Dante Culpepper from 2000 through 2005, the Vikings are going to open the season with the same quarterback for the third straight season with Kirk Cousins. I'm Bill Michaels. We are glad to have you along for the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. Lily's Al from Fox 6 joining us in Milwaukee. Also from CBS 58 Milwaukee, Kevin Holden is here as well. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about daunting statistics and close games and such. And, Kevin, let me start with you here. Uh, the Green Bay Packers going over to Minnesota, I, you know, they're returning 9 of 11 starters offensively. They've had some change defensively, but one of their big starters, Stephon Diggs, is not there. Do you think Kirk Cousins' struggles and the fact that they actually held them to over only seven first downs in the last time these two teams met, that still rings? Even though he did get a postseason win for the first time in his career, does that last matchup and the fact that Stephon Diggs not going to be there, does that uh, loom large for this uh, Minnesota Vikings offense? Yeah, I think there is an effect that comes from that. It's not just that you lose a a really good player in digs. It's that Adam Thielen uh, now gets much more of a a focus from opposing defense. And the Packers defense can do that. They can really swarm to Thielen. They can really pay attention to him more so. Because if you have Diggs and Thielen on opposite sides, uh, then that's a a much more difficult uh, situation for a defense. So it's not that way. Uh, this time around, when you're talking about um, the depth chart, and I had it right here, you got Adam Thielen and Bissy Johnson and Justin Jefferson and Tajay Sharp. Thielen is the only name that strikes any fear at all, and that's that is going to change things. They, now, what the Vikings have and what they have had for a while uh, is a running game that uh, that they can depend on. Dalvin Cook has been good from day one and has become one of the premier backs in the league, and so they can. Uh, you know, sort of rely on him. But I think it's honestly, I think it's kind of interesting how much these two offenses have begun to mirror each other. Uh, the, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams. I, I don't want to put Kirk Cousins in the Aaron Rodgers conversation because I think Rodgers is a better quarterback, but maybe Rodgers in this late stage of his career, maybe that's a little closer. Uh, Vikings are a little better at tight end with Kyle Rudolph. But uh, yeah, this this Vikings offense is not that uh you know that capable offense that could just put all kinds of points on the board the way they could in previous years they're going to struggle a little bit more than they did before uh lily dalvin cook leads the nfl in rushing yards in week one games since he entered the league we know they want to run the ball they want to establish the run they want to hang on to the football not turn it over uh, and the fact that the Packers come in with a run defense that was shredded in the NFC Championship game, are we looking at just on both sides of the football for both the Vikings and the Packers? Is this just going to be a ground and pound? Is this going to be something away from what we thought we would see where it's going to be a ground and pound game? You know, I thought that was kind of what we were going to see the last time they played. What was that, that Monday night game in Minnesota? I think it was Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it was going to be just the ground game, and then the Vikings just started throwing the football, and then we saw Aaron Jones just go off. Um, but I do believe that for the Vikings, you know, they're going to want to obviously establish the run because of the success 
that Dalvin Cook has had against his Packers defense. And we've seen that when he can't really get going, obviously the onus is going to be on Kirk Cousins, who, you know, to give him credit, has obviously made his fair share of really good plays. But I know this offense is really going to want to get Cook involved. And again, I'm just very curious to see how the likes of a Christian Kirksey, how does he really mesh in that first game with this Packers defense up in the middle? Can they contain the running? Can they just really make Kirk Cousins one-dimensional, just make him throw the ball downfield? And that was really what they found successful last year. And on the flip side of the, you know, of, of the game, the Packers and Aaron Jones, can he really get it going again? Because I know he had some late game fuel in that game against the Vikings where, you know, I forgot who said it, but they were like, you know, the limelight's too big for your kid. And he said, well, I'm just going to run all over you then. Um, but, you know, I do feel like it's going to be a big day on the ground for both teams. Just a matter of who's going to stop the run. And I feel like the Packers with the pieces they have back and what they are trying to prove and wanting to be a defense that can stop the run. I think they're going to be very much up for the task. Throwing statistics completely out the window, although I will say the Vikings defense has forced 10 kickoff weekend turnovers, which is the second most since 2016 in that same span. But how sloppy, Lily, I'll come back to you, how sloppy do you expect play to be with these teams not having a preseason? You know what? I think that first the first what half of the first quarter, we'll really see if these teams can just really get into it mentally. Because like you said, you know, you use the, the preseason, even though the starters do play very limited minutes, just to really work out the kinks. And, you know, this is the first time they're playing against a different team all off season. It's been seven months since we've seen any sort of football. So, you know, I do think it's going to be a little bit sloppy, but I do think once these teams kind of get it going, what in the second, third quarter, it, it'll be fine. But the Packers, again, they don't want to be the team that is going to be turning that ball over. They, they want that defense to continue to be the defense that takes the ball away. So while I do think it might be a little bit sloppy, I think they'll be okay as the game goes on. And Kevin, how sloppy do you expect this thing to be? It's, I think it, uh, it has the potential to, to be, it may not every, maybe not every play sloppy, but it has the potential to be sloppy in spots all through that first game because you, the, the, not only did you miss preseason games, and I get that a lot of starters don't play much in the preseason. That is one thing, but you do have some guys that play in the preseason that will be counted on, uh, you know, when, when the season gets underway. The other thing that you missed that Matt LaFleur was such a huge fan of were those, uh, those practices team versus team when the Texans were in town last year he raved about that he loved the idea of going against someone else's defense during your training camp that wasn't a game it was a practice so that that's all missing as well so I, I mean I think the the basics are going to be there especially for the Packers because of all the guys that return and you know guys will know their roles right off the top but I think you'll see spots all through that first uh, game all across the NFL where it's going to be just there's, there's a different feel. You go from this long offseason of uncertainty, no preseason, whatever, and all of a sudden you have to kick right up into, into full gear, right into game mode, and it's it's not a perfect thing. It'll happen in a, in a pretty good way, but I think you're going to see more mistakes in week one than you will pretty much the rest of the year. I, Lily, was not aware that uh, coaches really did pay attention to the plus-minus when it comes to first half or first quarter point margins the Packers were one of the best teams in 2019 108 first quarter points puts them third best 
in the NFL, and they were plus 52. Uh, it, it really does. When you talk about getting off to a fast start, uh, this team really does play different. The defense plays different. I think it's imperative to get out, especially on the road, get out, get a fast start, put the pressure suddenly on Kirk Cousins and company. Don't you think, I mean, yes, you want to play stout defense, and yes, you want to be in that ground and pound and that grinding type of game. But I, I think that really the Packers, the way to win is to get out fast, fur- furious, and first. I totally agree because what we saw last year, though, was this team really get out in front and then they just had a lull until the fourth quarter and then they had to really either try to come back or they were, they were holding off a team. And it was just, you know, we saw it all year long. It was, okay, this team is coming in with a big disadvantage playing the Packers. The Packers on paper are the, are the better team. But then we were just waiting for that game where they would just route a team and they just never would. It was always a very close contest with whatever team – Coming in, whether it was Washington, the Giants, it was just nothing. The Packers could never blow anybody out last year. And that's kind of what I want to see this year. They can get out to a fast start and just keep their foot on the gas pedal, which I know Matt LaFleur has really made his motto. If they can do that and actually score 35-plus points a game, it's going to really change the complexion of this team because, again, last year they just were never able to really put the dagger in. It was just score a lot of points and then just kind of wait to see what the other team does and either – hold them off or try to come back. Um, So I do feel like this is the year for this team to prove in year two that they have the offensive capabilities to really come out firing, score some points, and just be able to run away with it down the stretch. Talk about that law. You're absolutely correct. Aaron Rodgers, first quarter passer rating, 123.5 for the season last year, which is the second best mark in his career, which was a 131.4, oddly enough, in that 2011 season when the offense was at its absolute best under Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers coming out of a Super Bowl. But remember, he did not have a great statistical year. So when you talk about that law in the second and third quarters, those numbers definitely took a hit all throughout the season last year, mid-portion of those games. We're going to go ahead and take a step away come back and start to uh, get into the game coming up tonight we're going to give you our picks coming up after the bottom of the hour as we're going to start to look around the rest of the nfl the fireworks have gone off down at arrowhead they are now getting the giant lombardi trophy off of the field they had raised the banner on the championship and now we're going to get underway with football as they're going to kick off here in about 10 minutes stay tuned it's uh, brought to you by our friends at bud light seltzer unquestionably good it's the bill michaels huddle we'll be back right after this Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I mean, it's not really going to change much for us. Uh, you know, we, we know what they're about as a defense. And, uh, you know, based off of their personnel before, I don't think that they're going to do a whole lot different. But, yeah, the way we the way we scheme is more so uh, for coverage and things like that. But, you know, we'll, we'll be okay either way. I think we'll just kind of lock in on what – more so we need to do for ourselves and make sure we're clean and running our um, our operation. And then from there, uh, you know, we can make adjustments in-game if, need, if, if needed. I always look at third down percentage and turnovers as some of the statistics that are going to give you the telltale sign. Last year, the Packers won the turnover margin in nine games. They were 9-0 and in those games, the most in a season 
for Green Bay since 2015. And the Packers uh, using that statistic mightily. If you're going to turn the ball over and you're going to garnish some turnovers, you're going to win a lot of games. That was Devontae Adams there. By the way, it's the Bill Michael Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. And if you had a chance earlier today, did some uh, pregame, if you will, as we're going to do each and every week. And we can't do this out in the bars. We can't get out and see you people that are listening to us now. So we do kind of a preview in, in my bar, if you will. So we do invite you into the bar. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show, and you can see the Facebook Live and the replay there uh, that we did a little bit earlier today. Lily's out from Fox 6 alongside. Kevin Holm from CBS 58 virtually as well. And uh, you get into some of the statistics, and you start to look at this, and you think, you know what? You run the ball, you control the clock, you convert on third down, you win the turnover margin. It really is almost that simple. And if you get off to a fast start, a lot of those statistics start to fall into place for you. So some of the keys of the game for the Green Bay Packers, if you're going to pick the top three to getting a win this weekend in Minneapolis. Lily, I'll start with you. Well, I think you're, you you hit the nail on the head there. You, they have to win the turnover battle. You know, I, I do feel like they have to protect Aaron Rodgers. I know it's not the same defense, but you want to keep the pocket clean, win the turnover battle. And for me, what I want to see is I want to see him pick apart that defense. I mean, this is a, a team that really had a lot of turnover defensively. So I want to see Aaron Rodgers pick apart that defense with the wide receivers that they have, because again, that was the talk. The off season was, you know, this team didn't draft anybody for Rodgers. So I want to see if they can really exploit that secondary there, protect Rodgers, and win that turnover battle. Kevin? There's that. Kevin, you there? There we go. Okay. <laughs> there it is. That's that, that's that virtual Zoom thing. Hey, for me, it, it, it's going to start, and it's a, a rare thing that we've said this in the Aaron Rodgers era, but it's absolutely going to start with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones played the Vikings twice last year. 116 yards and a touchdown, plus four receptions for 34 yards. That was at Green Bay. 154 yards, two touchdowns at U.S. Bank Stadium in Week 16, that game you were talking about before. It's going to start there. It's going to start uh, with the Packers trying to establish some sort of dominance in that run game and hope that Aaron Jones uh, can perform better against that Vikings defense than Dalvin Cook can against the Packers defense. So that, that to me, is number one. Number two, um, you, you got to cover up Adam Thielen. You got to make sure he doesn't uh, just go completely off in this game. I think he will get something no matter what, but uh, you just got to keep it from being, you don't want this to be Julio Jones in the NFC championship game. Unfortunately, the Packers are way better in the secondary than they were in that NFC championship game. So Aaron Jones won, Thielen two, and uh, you know, I, I'd say just adjustment is number three, because even the game we're about to watch in Kansas city has a smattering of fans and and has that feel of the open of a season, but the adrenaline of a week one game is just not going to be the same without any fans there. And that's going to affect how some people play. So the Packers have to play through that and still try to get a win. Kind of compare these two teams and even dating back to last year, not a lot of change offensively, nine of 11 starters coming back for the Minnesota Vikings, the same for the Green Bay Packers. So I'll ask you, Lily, if you compare these two teams, offensively speaking, who has the better offense coming into this game? You know what? In, in years past, I thought they were either – it's tough to say, but knowing what we know now with the pieces that they have, I know they still have Dalvin Cook, they still have Adam Thielen, they still have Kyle Rudolph, and those guys are tremendous pieces – they did lose them as well. and But, you know, I do feel like what I want to keep an eye on as well is Justin Jefferson because 
that kid I think is going to be a star for this team and whether it's he gets going in that first game or not I'm not sure but honestly I feel like the Packers do because we were able to see what they they were capable of doing if they can get that offense rolling I'm optimistic with the pieces that they have now even though these guys are a lot younger but I'm going to go with the Packers here even though guys I do want to see how Justin Jefferson does uh Kevin my thought there is uh, is the Stefan Diggs Vikings offense probably would have an edge because they'd have better options as far as uh, you know who you know, how you spread the ball around Kyle Rudolph that sort of thing that would make me feel like the Vikings would be better without Diggs. To me, it's almost a toss up, and it's going to come down to the options behind the number ones. Thielen versus Devontae Adams. Okay, you can you can deal with that. But how are these guys going to be in behind? Justin Jefferson's a great example. Alan Lazard, who has every time that he's been out there, he's been better with each season, with each rep. You see him establishing a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. So Lazard is one of those guys that Rodgers is going to make a better receiver. I think there's where the, the difference in numbers comes in is depth at receiver. Who else? other than your number one option is going to be the, you know, the guy uh, that that'll step in and, and make a difference here. And, and that's a tough call in my mind uh, at, at this moment, but I do like the idea of a, of a Lazard of an EQ, someone like that stepping in, you know, behind Devontae Adams and helping him uh, gain some yards. Defensively speaking, uh, these two teams pretty close last year. Total defense, uh, the Packers ranked 18th in the NFL. The Vikings were 14th against the run. The Packers were 23rd, obviously not very good against the rush. The Vikings were 13th, but against the pass, the Packers were 14th. The Vikings were 15th. Some turnover on the defensive side of the football for the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings. Very little on the Green Bay Packers side. Out goes Blake Martinez. In comes Christian Kirksey. Who do you give the nod to defensively, Lily? I'm going with the Packers here just because of the guys that they did lose. I mean, obviously, you know, Daniel Hunter's not playing in this game, but, you know, he's still on the team. But Xavier Rhodes is gone. Trey Waynes is gone. They have a couple of third-year pros, I think, at, at you know, corner who can step up, and they have a couple of rookie draft picks as well. But when you look as, at the defense as a whole, I know they got, you know, Yannick Ngakwe as well. I just feel like the pieces the Packers have coming back, especially with the continuity defensively under that scheme, I think the Packers have the edge here, especially with the pieces. And they're, you know, they they played Kirk Cousins last year twice, obviously. So well, they're they're familiar with it. But whether these young guys can handle Aaron Rodgers, I know there was a quote that said, I forgot, I think Harrison Smith was saying, you know, to these younger guys that you're gonna have to play each snap a little bit longer than you were thinking you're gonna have to play because like we know Aaron Rodgers likes to hold on to that ball and, and extend plays. So the edge, I do believe, goes to the Packers' defense just simply because of the pieces they have coming back. Kirk Cousins had a hell of a year last year. He was second in the NFC in passer rating, fourth in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was seventh and twelfth. Uh, has Kirk Cousins, now that he's got his first playoff win, he had a really good season, he has seemingly emerged. Kevin, do you think that he is ready to take that team to the next level? I, it's a, Man, that's a tough call. They certainly paid him like it. And uh, he uh, he's he's done something in return for what they paid him. You know, he's he has taken his own game forward in exchange for what they paid him. I just there's just been a difference between what you get with Kirk Cousins and what you get with. I mean, you know, we've we've been spoiled. We've watched Aaron Rodgers all this time in Green Bay. And then you flip on the TV and you see a Mahomes or you see a a Brady through the years. Uh, Drew Brees, what those guys have done. And I Kirk Cousins has been, you know, statistically has been good. Uh, he, he's helped that team to an extent, but I don't, 
I think it takes an elite quarterback to get that particular team to that next level. And I can't say those words about Cousins. I don't consider him elite. I, I think he's, you know, a, a pretty fair distance under where the elite quarterbacks are in this league. He's he's a help. He's certainly, you know, not a replacement level kind of guy. But I just elite is not what I can call him at this point. From where they were to where they are now with Kirk Cousins and the fact that they have paid him a, a king's ransom for his services and still have not gotten to a Super Bowl, Lily, would you consider him, short of whatever he does this season, somewhat of a bust to this point? Yeah, no, you know, quarterbacks are measured off of how many, how many rings they have. And I know, you know, the, the argument with Rodgers is he just has one, but he's still that elite future Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, I, I do believe that if – Cousins can't get this team to the NFC title game, can't get them to a Super Bowl and potentially win one. You know, I, I do feel like he is not going to be held to the same standard as, you know, I think he wants to be held to. You know, I, I do think you have to win those big games. You have to be the leader in the team and you have to get your team to the postseason and beyond and potentially to a Super Bowl. And he just hasn't done that just yet. Not saying it won't happen, but as of now, I think definitely underachieving for especially what they paid him. When we come back, it's time to look around the NFL and start to make our picks. One game in progress, the Texans just received. They are uh, they're second and five, as a matter of fact, right now in their own territory. And the Chiefs looking to uh, start the season off fast after winning the rings last year. When we come back, we'll take our picks and take a look around the rest of the NFL. That is coming up next to the Bill Michaels Huddle. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Like these guys tried to keep as much as possible secret during training camp. So I'm sure all, you know, all your guys that are following our tweets were wondering where all the uh, scheme and lineup information was. But how much more of the surprise element is there this year? just given that, you know, nothing's on film. Yeah, I heard you guys were banned from the tweets, but um, that's okay. Uh, You know, I think every first game there's unknown. They're going to have new things. We're going to have new things. At the end of the day, everybody's going to do what they do best. There you go, Mike Zimmer having a little fun that the Green Bay Packers shut down tweets. Uh, It's like information getting out of China. It just will never happen. And, uh, you know, you can't talk about the length of the grass or schemes or anything like that. There are certain things, like I said, I, I understand. But some of it's just uh, just a little ridiculous, for lack of a better term. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. Lily's out from Fox 6 alongside Kevin Holden from CBS 58 in Milwaukee as well. And uh, I know, uh, you know, Zimmer's having a little bit of fun. But how difficult was it? this season when you know you're not tweeting out schemes and you're not tweeting out you know secret weapons and such you're just kind of saying you know hey billy turner at right tackle they're changing things up i mean is is some of the secrecy in the nfl just uh, a little off ridiculous kevin i yeah i mean i've i felt that way for a long time but i I suppose i'm in a position where I'm in favor of more information and those in power are probably in favor of less information. So I know that's a battle I don't win, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this year has been a little bit different because of COVID and there's, you know, uh, for us on the TV side, there's a lot less access. You can't just go up and cover a training camp practice. It's, it's not the same as it was before. So, uh, you know, that's a, a portion of it. But if you, if you want any sort of insight, 
as to how, you know, those who cover the Packers feel about the team's rules this year on what you could tweet about and what you couldn't. You got to go to Jim Osarski because Jim Osarski spent pretty much the entire training camp uh, coming up with new terms and rules to circumvent uh, these these rules that had come up, and it, some of them are just pure poetry. Like it's tremendous. You got to go to his Twitter and check. If you haven't, you got to check it out. Uh, Lily, and we'll get into the the predictions coming up here in a minute. But uh, how difficult has this been? Because I know we're in the information business. This is what we do. But how difficult has it been covering the Packers and covering the NFL in the training camp this year? Well, it's it's been very different, and you know, especially just for us being here in Milwaukee, it's. You know, it, it's a little bit different because, like Kevin mentioned, you can't just go to practice. It's not just 10 minutes down the road and we're, we're about two hours away. And for, for someone who came from Green Bay and who was there basically every training camp, it's been a, like a 360 for me because, you know, just with what they're doing with COVID, I completely understand there's limited, you know, seats in the stands or at Nitschke. And I get it. But for people who have been used to covering this team and covering them extensively, you do feel like you're a little bit on the outside because you're just getting your information mainly from Twitter because, again, the Packers aren't going to be putting their training camp sessions. There's, there's no live stream. So basically the information that we're getting is from those, those beat writers and those TV people who are there uh, every day. And kind of what I do miss about that is that, you know, we get to interact with those players and, you know, those guys kind of lower on the roster, we get to interact with them all the time and not being able to see them in person has been a lot different, but also just, you know, I really enjoy tweeting out those interactions that those guys had on the field, whether it was a Bakhtiari helping, you know, a younger lineman and he would say, good job, buddy. You can tweet that out, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, not what we're allowed to do this year. So that personal element is, is gone, but it's COVID. You kind of have to just roll with the punches. Let's uh, get into the predictions. you got the Chiefs at home already, a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes under review, and it does look like uh, it was dropped, so it looks like that's going to end up coming back. But Texans on the road taking on the Chiefs, Chiefs at home trying to defend their championship. Uh, Kevin, I'll go to you first. Yeah, this is a night for Kansas City to showcase, to showcase the championship from last year, showcase the return from football. For me, from an adrenaline standpoint only, Kansas City would be a favorite to win this game, but you throw in the fact that there's so much talent and that they got better offensively in the offseason. This is going to be a, a pretty decisive win for Kansas City. I think Houston's a good team, but the Chiefs win it pretty handily tonight. Lily? And for me, I'm saying no DeAndre Hopkins for Deshaun Watson. I know they've always they've been lacking those, those offensive weapons as well. I feel like you know Patrick Mahomes has, a, has just a plethora of guys he can throw the ball to, so... I do feel like the Chiefs win big tonight just to really showcase everything that they have. I'm also taking the Chiefs as well. Game number two, Seahawks on the road taking on the Falcons. Seahawks really making a push to try to find themselves deep into the postseason. My pick actually to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks to win on the road, although I think the Falcons really have something to prove after what they went through last season. But, Lily, I'll start with you. Well, you know what? I'm going to go with the team that's a little bit unpredictable. I'm going to go with the Falcons, the home team. You know, Matt Ryan is 60 and 33 at home. I think this is going to be a fun one. But at the end of the day, it's going to be two good good quarterbacks. But I'm going to just go with the with the home team in this one. I think Matt Ryan, the unpredictable Falcons, come out on top. Kevin? I like Seattle. I, I just There's something about, like you said, there's just something about that team and the, and the way they're constructed year after year. They, they're just they're a nemesis. If it was a comic book, they would be this ageless nemesis that just is always bothering people, and I think they're going to bother the Falcons. 
Browns on the road taking on the Ravens. Ravens with the MVP. I think he's got something to prove because a lot of people questioning his uh, passing ability. I think they're going to still run the ball, but he's going to get a lot done with his feet once again. The Browns trying to reconstruct themselves all over again. I'm taking the Ravens at home. Kevin? Count it. Ravens at home at least by 10. Lily? And the Ravens the last team that beat them in the regular season. Revenge on their mind. Lamar Jackson company come out firing. Ravens. They picked up they picked up Stephon Diggs. The Bills are looking to get better offensively, really to win that division. The Jets, I still can't figure out the Jets. Uh, the, the Bills, I think, are the better team. The Jets are still a train wreck. I'm going with the Bills in this one. Lily, back to you. I have two words, and you already said them. Stephon Diggs, instant Bills win. <laughs> Kevin? Yeah, it's. I just you 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 could not have me in a show in front of actual real people pick the Jets to win in Week One because someone would record it and play it for three months. It's the it's the Bills. And then you got the Raiders not opening up at home in that close to two billion dollar stadium, but they're going to open up on the road uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. And it's weird to say that that that's not Cam Newton, but nevertheless. Uh, I'm still taking the Raiders on the road. I'm picking a road win in this one. Uh, Kevin, back to you. Yeah, this is a this is interesting because obviously it's a, it's historic for the franchise first game representing a new city, even though they're not in the new city. So I wonder what the adrenaline is like. Uh, at the same time, post Cam Newton, I think the Panthers are even with McCaffrey still, you know, at this elite level. I think the Panthers are in for a struggle. I think the Raiders of Las Vegas win this one. Oh man, really? guys, I'm. I'm going the opposite route here. I know Uh-oh. Bridgewater. Yeah, I know he he played well for the Saints when he was there. I think he's going to shine, and I'm going to pick the upset here. I'm thinking to pick Bridgewater, McCaffrey. They shine at home. I'm going with the Panthers in this one. The questionable Chicago Bears with their starting quarterback of Mitch Trubisky, who has been to this point watching Patrick Mahomes play tonight, knowing they could have had him. Uh, Trubisky has been a massive bust. Meanwhile, the Lions trying to put themselves back together, and defensively they haven't been good even with Matt Patricia. But I'm going to say the Lions get a win, excuse me, a win at home, and I'm going to pick the Lions in this one. Lily? Well, I'm going to go with the Lions simply because they have Matthew Stafford. He wasn't there that last time they played. I think they have the bigger advantage on offense. I just don't think the Bears can counter in the points column. I'm going with the Lions. Kevin? Lily, did you just say something good about a University of Georgia quarterback? (laughs) (laughs) Bill, I got to tell you right now, I've been been holding this back before now, but Lily and I, obviously, we know each other. We're good friends. We've covered a lot. But we went to rival schools, and it's a sore spot, okay? Uh, Obviously, I got to go with the UGA guy, Stafford Detroit wins. There you have it. So uh, then, well, we got uh, the the Stafford guy winning. I, I. Man, I still think I, I think that's an absolute train wreck in Chicago. If I'm on the defense over there, which is supposed to be pretty good this year, top five, top seven, I'm just mad as hell that they uh, still have Mitch Trubisky at the helm. Uh, the Colts, they're on the road taking on the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts with their new quarterback, Phillip Rivers. Uh, again, I'm taking a road team to get the win. The Colts are going to get the win in this one. Lily, over to you. Well, you know, it's what's weird because the Jags have had the Colts number the last couple of years and coming from someone who's from Indy, we were, you know, we're not too happy about that. But, you know, you bring in Phillip Rivers, that ground game is going to be spectacular. The Jags have had problems defending the runs. I'm going with the Colts, baby. 
There you go, Colts are, Kevin. Colts are, uh, Colts are a team that, that uh, I mean, if anyone is sleeping on them, I think they won't after a little while. I think you've got the pieces in there to be one of those under, like they're not going to be an elite AFC team, but they're going to give problems to a lot of AFC teams. And Jacksonville is hapless. They are they are done for. They just they could, they could fold it up right now, but they'll definitely lose this one to Indy. The next one, the Dolphins on the road taking on the Patriots. With Cam Newton, it is just weird to say. I, I don't know what to expect, but the Patriots, half of the team, uh, has opted out. The Dolphins really want to play well, but they're the Dolphins. Prove me wrong. I'm still taking the Patriots at home under Bill Belichick. Kevin? I, this is where I do the the, uh, the Star Wars. Right? <laughs> Bill Belichick is going to reinvent 2020 as 2005 he i don't know what dark magic he'll use but cam newton is going to be tom brady uh you know just everyone is going to be what someone else was 15 years ago somehow some way new england is going to be that team and, and they are absolutely winning this opener over miami lily I know, Kevin, I do agree. I just feel like we're going to see the Cam Newton that we saw early on in his Panthers career really come out, you know, first time in a Patriots uniform. It's going to be very weird, but I do think we're going to see the Cam Newton in his early years in the NFL. And I know the Dolphins are normally kind of a, a thorn in Belichick's side, but you can't go against uh, against the Dark Master here and build Belichick so the Pats win. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll give you the rest of the predictions, including the Green Bay Packers visiting the Minnesota Vikings. The Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, and Bud Light seltzer unquestionably good, naturally carbonated, gluten-free, and includes no artificial flavors. Go to BudLight.com. Final segment of the Bill Michaels Huddle with Lily Zell from Fox 6, Kevin Holden from CBS 58. More coming up next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Um, I mean, his mood, it, I think he's been doing a lot of uh, personal wellness, uh, and it, it really shows. A lot of people don't get to see a lot of this from Aaron because Aaron is more of a reserved guy, so the fact that he feels more comfortable showing that uh, speaks a lot. I mean, I see it all the time, you know? It's nice and refreshing to see that he's uh, more comfortable letting everyone else kind of see his uh, more lighthearted side. David Bakhtiari, a little uh, jocularity with the Green Bay Packers. Talking about Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back. It's Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good, the new variety pack. The remix edition features cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry flavors. Go to BudLight.com. That is BudLight.com. Making our picks for uh, the first week, week one, kickoff weekend in the NFL. And uh, as of right now, Kansas City and Houston are scoreless with 540-plus remaining in the first quarter. And uh, Lily's out from Fox 6 alongside. I am Bill Michaels. Kevin Holden from CBS 58 here as well. Uh, Eagles on the road taking on a football team, as they call it, from Washington. I'm taking the Eagles in this one. I still think Washington's a train wreck. they got a lot of just a bad juju going on there right now. They have lawsuits. They have problems. They don't have a name. Uh, too many things to really count on one hand. So I'm taking the Eagles in this one. Lily, what you got? I'm going with what you got. I think Carson Wentz leads the, the Eagles to victory. I think the, the offense is just night and day better than the Washington football team, and I just can't pick a team that doesn't have an official game yet. So. <laughs> Kevin? Not only do they not have a team name, I, I'm not sure they have an actual running back. They're, they're, the depth chart came out, and it's just 
it just looked like they went out into the, the street and just said, okay, the three of you who look closest here to the stadium, get in here and be our running backs. There's, there's just, it's, it's going to be a rough year in, in many ways on and off the field for Washington. This is a Philly win. Uh, you've got the Chargers on the road against Cincinnati. Joe Burrow making his debut, coming off of a Heisman Trophy, and the number one pick in uh, Cincinnati. Well, they didn't screw it up. Uh, they had a lot of controversy there. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Bengals at home. I can't believe I'm saying that. My tongue should snap off and run down the street. But, uh, Kevin, back to you. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about, like, how many times would we have said, it's just strictly off of it's the Bengals and it's the opener. Like there's no way like from principle that you could actually pull I remember off. David I, Klingler, you know, when Kajana Carter who fell off a treadmill eating a sandwich and tore his knee. Look, they've had terrible luck with first round draft choices, but I think this one's different. Yeah. Burrow, I think is going to be good. I'm going to go chargers for week one, but I do think the outlook for Burrow is going to be strong. Lily. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo what Kevin said. I think Joe Burrow's going to have a really fine career with the Bengals, but I just feel like this week one, Joey Bosa, Linval Joseph, they're going to be coming for him, so I think the Chargers get the win on the road over the rookie quarterback. Buccaneers with Tom Brady on the road in the Dome taking on the Saints. Normally that's a big deal, but with very few fans, if any, uh, it's not much of a home field advantage short of piping in some uh, some sound. Uh, I, this is a tough one, but I'm just going to take the Saints just because they're sleeping in their own beds that night. Kevin? Man, yeah. that's a, th- This is going to be one of the best ones to watch, not just because you're talking about you know Brady's uh, debut in a uh, uniform that's not just the Patriots, but, I mean, the Saints know that if they want to make a statement, this is the week and this is the game to do it. You've got that second, you know, second uh, batch of games, the 325 start. Uh, I'm going Saints here. I, I, just They're going to be – Despite the fact that they're at home with no fans, I still think they've got enough here to hold off Tampa Bay. Lily? Yeah, I'm going to go with the clean sweep of the Saints. I just, I mean, this was a tough one to pick, but I do I do agree that, you know, Drew Brees and the Saints, they're a much better team. And with no preseason games for Brady really to just gel with his new squad, I mean, you, you have to go with the Saints in this one. 49ers at home at uh, Levi Stadium hosting the Cardinals. I really like the fact they picked up DeAndre Hopkins. I really like Murray, uh, but still it's got to translate into victories and playing on the road for your first contest together like that. Uh, The 49ers coming off of an NFC championship run and a a Super Bowl appearance. I'm going to take the 49ers at home. Lily, back to you. I agree. You know, I think the 49ers, they are banged up, yes, but I still believe they are a better overall team, and I think that's going to be good enough for them to win at home. So 49ers. Kevin? I want the Niners, uh, and and I want them to be up early enough that all of my fantasy players on the Arizona Cardinals just go off. They they don't have to win the game. <laughs> just give me lots of touchdowns. Come on, Kyler Murray. Give me, give me points, man. I, that's what I'm doing. Niners win, and Kyler Murray has a good fantasy day. I'll take it. Uh, in the next two minutes, let's get through these. Uh, got Mike McCarthy making his debut on the road with the Cowboys, taking on the Rams. The Rams were a lackluster team last year. I'm actually taking the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. Kevin. Love it. Love it. Agree with it. Yes, me too. Steelers on the road, taking on the Giants. Uh, the Giants stink on ice. I, I like the Steelers. I like Ben Roethlisberger. He's back. He's rejuvenated. Mike Tomlin, I think, is one hell of a head coach. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers on the road against the Giants. Lily? I agree. Steelers like to take the ball away, and Daniel Jones likes to give the ball away, so I'm going with the Steelers. And, Kevin, every time T.J. Watt gets a sack, uh, Packers fans moan and groan. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Which means it's going to be a moaning and groaning kind of day because it's about to happen. Steelers win, and he's having a monster day. Monday night football, the Titans on the road with that run game and Derrick Henry going up against the Denver Broncos without Von Miller. Uh, I think the Titans are a better team. They're going to control the clock, control the ground game, and uh, I even think they have a little bit better quarterback position. I'm going to take the Titans uh, on the road to win this one on Monday night. Kevin, back to you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's uh, Tennessee has a little bit to prove, too. They're a little bit like Indianapolis in that they want to get to that elite in the AFC. It's a good chance for them on a big stage to do it. Tennessee wins. Lily? Yep, I agree. I think, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what this young up is for the Broncos down the stretch, but it won't be in week one. Derrick Henry's going to run all over the Broncos. Titans win. And then we've got the Packers on the road taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I don't have a good feeling about this, but after listening to so many of the pundits in Minnesota, I'm going to take the Packers in a win. Lily, back to you. Uh, Packers win. Aaron Rodgers goes off. There you go. Kevin? Packers comfortably. Packers 27-17. 27-17. That will do it. Thanks to Lily Zhao from uh, from Fox 6, Kevin Holm from CBS 58. You guys were great. We killed it first week. This is awesome. And if uh, the rest of the season goes like this and us three don't get COVID, well, hell, nobody else will either, and we're going to be okay getting through an entire NFL season. <laughs> great stuff, guys. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks to all of you listening, and thanks to our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer stepping up this this year. Unquestionably good. The sponsor of the Bill Michaels Huddle. Go to BudLight.com. Thanks to Sam Schmitz producing the program back in the studio as well. Time for us to go. Have a going. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.